Welcome to We Like That Podcast. Because we like that. Welcome back and Merry Christmas. Uh, bah humbug. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to We Like That Podcast. I'm the Grinch that, because we like that. I'm the Grinch that stole Christmas. Your thoughts fight each other, don't they? Yes, they do. Every time. <laughs> oh, by the way, just going to put that out there. Before you get to your segment, that happened. ba with Joe. Yeah. Um, just playing some Lenny Williams. Just some new Lenny Williams in the 70s. Old Lenny Williams. It's from, it's from five years ago. 2018. Anyway, it don't matter. Uh, He's a freak. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it was your mama. Didn't know that was a song he had released. I, he turned to a perv. I don't know about turned. Yes. I think she, always was. He got a song, She Took My Draws. Yeah. And I think I, always was. And I didn't know that was your mama. Yeah. And those are just two. Lord knows what else he put out. These are actual songs he made. Mm-hmm. She took my draws, y'all. Hey. Mm-hmm. Hit the high notes for him. So uh, what happened on this week before that happened? So many things happened this week. I don't know if it's a last minute purge before the year ends or what. But so many things. For the end of the year. So, I've got stuff about Jonathan Majors. i got stuff about Jonathan Owens. I've Bang. got stuff about a cruise ship that seems to be a reality TV show in the making. Which one would you like to talk about first? Bang, bang, bang. Let's talk about the, uh, the boat. Okay. So, the cruise ship situation. Royal Caribbean Cruises oh, it has a nine-month cruise that they set sail for on December 10th. So, that was roughly two weeks ago. Um, a lot of people are like, this sounds like drama in the making. Nine months on a boat. What's happening? Are they stopping anywhere? Yes. Yes. There's going to be different ports that they go to. Uh, technically, they have it blocked into four sessions. So I guess those are the, I don't think that's necessarily the four countries, but those are the four stretches before it moves to the next thing. You know the smells that are going to be coming off that boat? If it stays working. The boat they're on was built in 2003. Well, they're some way off in the middle of the ocean, just uh, floating. So this cruise, if you did the full nine-month ride, it's around sixty grand. Hell no. Then when the, cru- the the tickets didn't sell because it's sixty grand, they decided to to break down the price. They discounted the price and sold it session by session, which is what some people wanted to do anyway. They didn't want to do the full nine months; they just wanted to do certain sessions. So you have people who already purchased the sixty grand ticket getting refunds to buy sessions instead to get it cheaper. The issues they're running into, though, with that is that when they switch out their tickets, the privileges that came with it aren't coming with them. So if you bought the full nine-month ticket, you get, like, privileges to go on excursions to see the Northern Lights, to see other fancy stuff because it's built into your ticket. But Great. if you changed it out and now have these different sessions that you've got, you don't get to do those things anymore, and people are mad. Then you also have um, somebody who, who had to cut their trip short already. Wait it's a two weeks in. Wait a minute. So they're doing this during Christmas? They're doing it right now. The ship already set sail. It set sail December 10th. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Okay. So they don't. So Royal Caribbean Cruises, when they first put this out, they only sold half of their tickets. Okay. Because it's sixty grand. Makes sense. So 
they started discounting it so people could pick it up in different sessions. So they could go to a different country and get on that boat and go somewhere else, whatever. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But the issue with that that people are coming across is that if they decide to switch out their full nine-month ticket to a sessions ticket, they don't get the privileges that come with it. Another one of those privileges is being included in the town council meetings that discuss what the ship's going to do, like activities-wise, for the day. Got so many ideas for activities on the boat. If you don't have the full nine-month ticket, apparent, allegedly, you don't get to be a part of those meetings, so you don't get a say. So there's supposed to be something like survival on the boat for what we're going to do? Uh, black people that are on the boat are finding out, are being asked if they're staff. Because otherwise, white people don't understand how they could afford the ticket to get on there. Wow. Yeah, it's exciting. It's lovely. Um, well, well, it is a ship. What you expect? <laughs> Some people are getting seasick, and they didn't account for getting seasick on the boat. Of course. Because people don't think that there are choppy waters out in the ocean. Like, different, different seas do different things. Yes. Surprise. Yes. But you're right. People don't think that at all. Like the South China Sea, oh, I mean, South China, yes, South China, China Sea. China. Oh my God! I saw a video. The waves don't make sense. Like how the waves break don't make sense. That's the whole. Point. I remember one time they're we, in the middle of the ocean and then it just comes up. Yeah, I remember one time we were sitting there, we was eating, and it was me, Henry, Ian, all of us. We were eating, and we we're talking, and all of a sudden we just went. <laughs> Calvin's lifting his head to the sky right now, and he a boom. And I look at you, I'm like, did we just do a, a complete roll? <laughs> were you guys, you guys weren't on top? You were inside? We were eating. Okay, you say that like I know how your oh, ships laid out. we were inside. I have no idea. We were inside, we were in the galley. Okay. And we were eating. Okay. All we know is the ship did a roll while we were eating. And we are, everybody just looked at, did we just do a complete roll? Wait, so when, you, when it rolls, y'all don't move? You just feel it. You can. So you can feel it turning around you, but you guys stay pretty much in the, in the same, in the middle? Because it happens, it happens so fast, it goes, no, Nothing fell from the ceilings. No, it goes so fast. Wow. Or when you hit a wave, you'd be walking. Uh-huh. You hit a high wave, and all of a sudden you'd be walking in the air for like a couple of seconds. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> Wow. And I'm wow. like, yeah, this sucks. Wow. It's so many times I thought we were about to drown. It, the, the hull broke. So Calvin was in the Navy. This is a this Navy ship that he's crazy. talking about, not a Royal Caribbean cruise ship. Do you think Royal Royal Caribbean cruise ships do barrel rolls? Yeah. You have to, you're saying? They, you'll be walking, and let's say you hit a wave. You'll just start walking in the air uh-huh. because the boat is propelled to the sky by the wave, and then it comes back down and crashes back down to the water. You will hear the water, and I don't think those ships are made of the same thing that the military ships are made of. I doubt it. This ship so, was made in 2003. But yeah, yeah, so people are dealing with uh, seasickness, and they're like, ah, I didn't think it was going to happen to me. Yeah, we had a buddy that got seasick all the time. He had to keep salt tablets on him. Some people are already tired of being on the boat. It's its second. It just finished its second week. Yeah. <laughs> I got a, I got a way they can do all this for free. Join the military. <laughs> You'd be up to, you don't have to pay $60. Exactly. You don't have to pay $60. Just join the military and pick a boat. <laughs> just pick a boat. You're good to go. There you go. Life on the sea. People are just so people are on are posting videos on TikTok. Oh, somebody had to cut their trip early already because they hurt their back. Doing what? I don't even know, but they hurt themselves and they, they had to get fell off. down one of them stairs when that fucking wave hit. 
but to, but people are saying the clash of personalities that's going to happen being confined on a boat for that long. Yeah. Like you said, the smells. Don't let the plumbing go out. Yeah. Uh, Don't <laughs> let the uh, showers back up. Right. All kinds of stuff. Hope they got the shower shoes. They're that late. was most essential for me. Right. So. So. So yeah. So right now it's just like nonstop clips of people being on a nine month cruise. They're they're like they're gonna make a TV movie out of this cruise. They're I don't gonna make know, a TV movie. I don't know why they didn't think it was gonna be like that. You know what it is? People don't understand what it is to be out to sea. Uh-huh. I think they think, oh, we can just leave. No, yeah. you can't leave. Or they think, oh, we'll only be on the sea a short while because we're gonna dock eventually. Right? You don't realize how many uh, days there are between countries. No, no, they don't. They think it's like. The, the the I guess the airplane, nah, mm-hmm. you're the water is just like the roads. Right. It's gonna take a minute. Oh, I just remember those days just sitting there in the middle of the ocean, and so, all you see is water any direction you're looking. They're like it's a matter of time between before a staff dates a customer, before uh, mass STDs just take over the ship, before uh, COVID takes over the ship. Before uh, <laughs> other stuff happens, miserable. So it's very interesting. I also, it's also really funny how I don't think people account for how bored they're going to be being on that ship that long. Yes, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> I don't think people re- it's Groundhog Day. You're gonna walk by, you're gonna see the same person in mm-hmm. the same at the same mm-hmm. spot at the same mm-hmm. time. Every day. Same scenery. Non-stop. No matter which way you walk. I walk so many different ways to go to work, and I saw the same person in uh-huh. that same spot. To the point where I just, it, I just, it was, uh, I just wanted, uh, I don't know. It's, it was too much. It just got boring real fast. It'll be interesting. So it's supposed to run, like I said, from December 9th through and then, September. And then you get, um. Yeah, September 10th. Uh. Where you where you don't see if you don't come outside to the ship, you're stuck in it inside the ship for too long. Mm-hmm. You get that feeling. Your your skin starts to uh get pale because you don't have sunlight. Oh, deficiencies! You get deficiencies. Yeah. Well. Yeah. So so that's what's happening with the Royal Caribbean cruise, um, and that's the lightest of the bunch. Next up, let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, I want to end on something a little funny, so let's talk about Jonathan Majors instead next. Sure. If you haven't heard, Josh Majors was found guilty of uh, the least of the terrible allegations that were up for him, uh, but was convicted and currently may be pursuing an appeal. Do you think he deserved it? Deserve is its own thing. It's its own thing. There's videotape. There's photos. Mm. There's other testimony. We weren't on the jury. My question is, do you think Marvel overreacted? So when all this came out, that is a lot of the conversation that's coming across my socials right now. That's the whole thing. People, they overreacted. Oh, okay. You think Marvel overreacted? Yeah. Okay. Just go back to the Flash. Okay. With Ezra Miller, you're saying? He kidnapped people, slapped people. You know? Did a whole lot of... Did he say do some racial stuff? Yep. But he wasn't convicted of anything. (laughs) It don't. None of his stuff went to trial. But the point of the matter is, mm-hmm. he did way more vile stuff. Okay. 
and his movie came out. Okay. They didn't ban him for life or whatever. He's not blacklisted, is he? So, there is a lot of comparison between Jonathan Majors and Ezra Miller. To that argument point, I would say they also still released a lot of Jonathan's stuff. He was still on Loki season two. They still released his uh, other King-associated stuff. The only thing that's still in the pipeline is the next Avengers movie, which he was supposed to be the big bad for. It was called, like, Avengers Kang something. But he hadn't filmed any of that yet at all. And with Ezra Miller, his movie had been done for a minute, for a long time. And then all that stuff came out, and then it pushed back other stuff. Once they release that Flash movie, they haven't brought him up at all. He's not even associated with the new wave of DCU, which I'm going to talk about as well. Okay, cool. But I... So, I mean, I understand, I hear, I hear the similarities between the two, but I feel like they're treating Jonathan in the same vein they're treating Ezra Miller. I think, at the end of the day, he put himself in this predicament, so it's his fault. I don't think Disney or Marvel overreacted. I think either way, if he was found not guilty, they also would have cut ties. And two, I'm always go back to that one thing he said, that goddamn... Uh, you gotta be my Coretta Scott King. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what. That's what got everybody off his side. Really. That and the whole the hospital thing too. He's on tape saying, "Don't go to the hospital." I'm gonna be honest with you. You know what they'll do to everybody's me. Everybody's like, "Whatever." But that Coretta Scott King took everybody out. It took a lot of black people out for sure. Yeah, that took that. Sure. That took everybody out. So, I. It is what it is. He got what he wanted. I is, I agree with you. I think it's the, his own consequences of his own actions. I don't even think he's going to see jail time with what he was eventually convicted of. Mm-hmm. I don't even think they're going to put him. They're not going to put him away. He's just going to have to maybe do some probation. Yeah. And that's he, it. He wanted to go sit down. Now he's sitting down. There you go. He got there what he wanted. Go. I don't think it was an overreaction. I don't think it's the man coming for, <laughs> for the black man. I think he screwed himself over. And he didn't do himself any favors with the lawyers that were hired for him either. They did him wrong too. So, uh, pick your battles, I guess. I don't know. Anywho, uh, which let's brings us to last but not least, Simone Biles' husband going viral with for his interview with Pivot. So the Pivot podcast, which is a podcast I had never heard of until yeah. this weekend, uh, had him over because. Who are the people in the Pivot College? You said they're all former football players, Ex-football players. Right? players uh, Fred Taylor, uh, Ryan Clark, and I don't know the other guys. Channing name. something. Yeah. But apparently they're all former football players. And the interview was actually for Jonathan Owens, which is Simone Biles' husband, because he is an un- he he is an undrafted something. What's his position Does again? She, uh, he's safety? a safety. Does she even have his last name? Yeah. Yep. She claims it. Oh. It's a hyphen. Oh. Biles Owens. Oh. So he did this um, podcast interview with them right off, right off the bat. They wanted to know how he pulled Simone Biles. And he then goes into this diatribe about how it's not, it. she's not that serious. He was the catch. She chased after him. Yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. Nobody on the podcast believes him. He also goes on to say that he didn't even know who she was. 
Now, it wasn't that serious. That's the part I don't believe. Yo. Everything else can be true. Yo. That's the part I don't believe. The part that has gotten a lot of people on the internet riled up is how quick he was to diminish Simone Biles' accomplishment and her the legacy of her name. That's what a lot of people are up in arms about. That he's so important, but she's not, is what's taking a lot of people's breath away right now. Being I, like, for real? I just think, for real? I, my opinion, I think he's not ready for that position. Agreed. Wait, the position of being husband or position of being a safety? The, <laughs> the position of being with Simone Biles. Okay. Because no matter what you do. You're just going to be Simone Biles' partner. Exactly. <laughs> so as long as you could cope. Look, if it was me, I had no problem doing it because I'm driving around every day in something nice. So I can care less. Okay, so let's re. Well, let's reframe it then. You want to do the interview and I'm Simone Biles' husband? Yeah, we're let's doing do the it. interview. Okay. And I go, how did you pull Simone Biles? What's the first thing you say after I say that? How, how I pulled her. Um, we just met. And um, once I met and we started talking, we was cool. And uh, she's like, she was a nice person. And then I pursued her. And I won't let her go because she was mine. She's mine forever. But that would be funny. That would have been cute and funny. He went a completely different op- op- direction for, for whatever reason. And, like, when they push him on it, because <laughs> they really do push him on it, they're like, you're the prize? And he's like, I always say guys are the prize. And then they go, so you're basically saying that you, did, you didn't think Simone Biles was anything, and she was coming after you? And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I didn't mean it like that necessarily. But she was, the, like, he, he reemphasizes. It's very important to him that it's emphasized that she pursued him. Because that's the only. Flex he's got? Yes. Because every, every other thing he's losing, she makes more money. But even his flex doesn't make sense. because So they met on a, uh, a dating app called Raya. Raya is a celebrity dating app. Usually only celebrities are on that app. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, an, there's a so why was vetting process. So why was he on that app? That's a great question. That's what Shannon Sharp wanted to know. He's not a celebrity. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know. As well. If you were to tell me, come, ask, tell me his name and ask what team he played on, I couldn't even tell you. That's what a lot of people are saying. We didn't even know who he was. But somehow, but so later in that interview, he talks about how like she reached out to him, yada yada yada, and Simone corrects him and goes, "We matched. I can't send you messages or you know begin initiate any kind of conversation unless the profiles already match. So you would have had to say that you liked me as well before we I could have done anything." But he holds on to this whole, she pursued me, she chased after me. And then he goes on to say, like, he didn't want a commitment. Like, he was running from it, but eventually gave in. This is what she wants. So. That's the other thing people are saying. Because she doubles down in the interview and says, yeah, right now people refer to him as Simone Biles' husband. But in a couple of years, they're going to say that I'm Jonathan Owens' wife. I think. A couple of years? I, yeah. It's it's gonna take a long time. <laughs> so she was correct in saying that. Two years though, you think in two years he's gonna be a no name in football listen, for his athleticism? Listen to me. She was being nice and said two years. <laughs> if you get her off the record, she like at some point, hopefully, I'd just be his wife. I just find it really funny that Shannon Sharp and a lot of other like professional 
athletes in the same vein of Jonathan Owens' career, his industry or whatever, are like, he's kidding himself. Like, what? <laughs> what is this? What is this? And they're not dismissing his own feats that he's been able to accomplish as a safety for the Green Bay Packers currently. But they're also like, huh. what are you doing, bruh? They're, they're saying that it's indicative of him not being able to handle the celebrity that comes with being with Simone Biles. He can't handle him being the tambourine player. He wants to be the lead singer. Oh, as a backup, you're saying? Yeah. I see. Some people play the Congos. Some people are the lead singer. What do you think of the comparison between Sierra and Russell Wilson and Simone Biles and Jonathan Owens? Do you think it's a equivalent? No. Russell Wilson was a, a well-known NFL quarterback. Oh. He's one of the best quarterbacks, actually. So you're saying, like, he was already a known name. Yeah. Sierra was yeah. a known name. Yeah. So it was more equal footing for yeah. those two. Yeah. Okay. But he had no problem being the tambourine player. Okay. That's the difference. Yeah. He, that dude had the ego that Russell Wilson should have had. Okay. Okay. You're saying he's presenting somebody who feels like he's super accomplished and known already. Yeah. When he when he's not, and then Russell Wilson, who is accomplished and known already, was like, "Nah, Sierra is. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, Hilarious. that's the difference." And for people saying, "Well, no, Russell Wilson was the biggest star." Russell Wilson, I think he already won a Super Bowl before they got together and everything. Okay. With with the Seattle Seahawks at that point. Yeah. If not that, he was one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he was the best, so don't. Don't don't at me. I just like I'm that saying we, he was one of the best. I like as a community, we've kind of come around to it because I remember when Russell Wilson and Sierra stuff was first popping off, and they yeah. were like proudly proclaiming their love for each other. He was he being was called super, all kinds of yeah, games. He's yeah, he's all, all this stuff. He was a cornball. He was a simp. He was doing all this stuff, and I like that now. They're like, oh no, he's just a loving. Here's husband. what they want. They want you to be somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. If you too much of a vibrato, they mm-hmm. clown you for being bitch. You ain't nobody. And if you simp too much and give your wife too much praise now you you you're pump you're, you're <laughs> so yeah, at the end of the day do what makes you it. happy whatever makes your relationship work do that what do you think of the note that shannon sharp points out and well when he does his nightcap with ochasenko what uh he talks about their socials and how like simone biles is social first and foremost first thing you see on her socials is that she's married to jonathan uh then oh. after that she's mrs wilson and then after that that's when she says athletes because you Olympic have a person medalist. who's still trying to make their identity which one the guy oh jonathan he's trying to make his identity so why do you think he didn't put his, his wife first league. why is his first athlete and then up uh, the, like the first half of his stuff is all directly that's our him, way of keeping individuality married to Simone. that's our way of keeping individuality of being single that's all it is but that's not russell wilson's way they are his first everybody ain't simping like russell wilson okay <laughs> There, I said it. You wanted me to say it. You pushed me to it. I said it. Do you think Simone Biles and Jonathan Owens' relationship, do you think this is a warning she needs to heed in regards to the relationship? Or do you think this is just a one-off, he was showboating, it's not really that serious? I think this is what she wants. I think she's trying to to fade to black. I don't think she wants the limelight no more. I think she wants to do what Dominique Dawes did. All of them did. Once I got, okay, I did this, boom, boom, boom. Now I just want to live the rest of my life, fade to back. But if, if I want to train kids, I'll train them. If I want to 
come out there and do little special events or whatever. Okay. Boom, do it. So you're saying she's comfortable with taking a step back. Yeah, she wants to step back. I okay. think the pressure that she's been under the last couple of years for her mm-hmm. with all this fame and notoriety. I think she just she wants a break. Yeah. And this is a way of getting a break. Yeah. So she picked a dude who believes in herself so much that no one else believes in him. He doesn't need no one else to believe in him. <laughs> right. So his he wants he no matter how dim his star is, he's gonna make sure his star is brighter than hers. And she's okay with that. She wants her star to dim. Okay. I think she's done. Okay. I think this would be probably the last time you you might see her on some commercials uh-huh. or some other stuff, but I don't think she'll be back in the, the public eye like that. Okay. Here's his stats um, from NFL. I know his stats are trash. I don't have to look at them. I don't know if they are trash. His stats are trash. Are they good? So, I, you know, a few of the articles I read, they're like he did play 100% of his games There's no that stats. he was in. There's no stats. Oh. It's just his height. Well, there you go. Oh, here's the stats. Seven tackles. Is that a lot? Five assisted. Is that a lot? Yeah, I was scrolling through my phone. Um, Yeah, he's trash. Okay. Well, okay, so is is it a feat, though, to be somebody who was not drafted and make it to he's the... He's not going to be Ed Reed with these stats. I don't know who that is, but okay. Or Troy Polamalu. No, it's gonna be a decade before he. I know the Polynesian. So okay. yeah, but Troy Polamalu, what he was drafted, wasn't he? Yes, it's so, going with them stats that he's doing. He'll never be, uh, him and Simone Biles. They won't be like, oh, it's Jonathan Owens and Simone Biles. Yeah, it'll never be it's that. Simone Biles and her husband. Yeah, he'll always be the husband with those stats. <laughs> None of those stats say she's gonna be the wife. Yeah. Anywho, that's it. That's all I got for um. That happened. What a heck of a week. Oh, we're not going to talk about the Diddy and... Uh, oh, T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes. We can. You want to talk about them? So, apparently, T.D. Jakes was out there diddling and fondling men. But I'm pump. He's allegedly, allegedly, he might be a power bottom. Do you know what a power bottom is? I know. Bumps in a bump. Bumps in a butt. That's what it means. Kind of. Do you know what a power bottom is? No. I'm, I don't do that. So, power bottom is somebody who takes position from the bottom, right? So if it's two guys, it's the receiving guy, the guy who receives, but he's doing all the work. He's making the stuff happen. That's what a power bottom is. Ew, number one. Number two, so So, I'm assuming it's like cowgirl. No. No? Nope. Really? They don't need to straddle like that. You just said it. Yeah, but they don't need to straddle. I don't need visuals. Then why did you say cowgirl? That's a visual component. Whatever. Anywho, so this started with Christian Keys's allegations. Delete your comments, people. Christian Keys last week or the week before went on Instagram Live and was talking about a lot of the sexual assault that he had unfortunately endured coming up in the entertainment industry and talked about how he has several recordings to protect himself um, from some high named figures in Hollywood that were trying to solicit him. Man, look, 
I don't care. Don't, don't, don't start crying about it now. If somebody was trying to grab your balls, you, back then you should have punched them dead in the throat. That's what you should have done. At the end of the day. We talk about power dynamics and how people fight themselves. At some point. Every time. Either you give you give up the tail or you just get the hell up out of there and wreck shop. So Christian Keys recently said he felt comfortable finally coming forward because of the Cassie Diddy situation. Cassie oh, came God. forward after 10 plus years and Christian Keys is like, this is probably, this is now my time to, to do something. So allegations are flying, guesses are flying over who he's talking about. That could possibly have gone, had the ability to have this kind of a power exerted over him, and who could keep coming after him? So people thinking it's Tyler Perry or TD Jakes or maybe Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels was also in in the running, but he's not a heavy name. They're like Tyler Tyler Perry or TD Jakes. At one time, he was. So recently, under on on X, formerly Twitter. Somebody was posting how, like, they didn't think it was Tyler Perry. It must be somebody else. And they were listing their reasons. And Christian Keys responded to it and seemingly supported this person's allegation that it's not Tyler Perry. Okay. Without directly saying so. Okay. Which kind of leaves T.D. Jakes. Okay. So, well, uh, Black I, Rumor Mill is running right now. I told you T.D. Jakes was, was about to go down. I told you this. I didn't know T.D. Jakes was so close to Diddy. I didn't, well, I didn't know that neither. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I knew they knew each other. I knew they, I've seen them, and they took pictures together and stuff like that. I, I, thought I they, think he's I been to the church. I thought they knew of each other, but that, that's yeah. just like preacher. Uh, yeah, I didn't know they, like, were at parties together. Allegedly so. Diddling folks together. Allegedly, I didn't know that. Allegedly, Cassie has tapes that show T.D. Jakes being at the freak-off parties well, that Diddy had. think about it. Um. That that he's playing that his song in the background, his love his love album in the background. That's when I knew something was wrong. I don't know what you're talking about. Remember when you played TD Jake's love album? Okay. For me, and uh-huh. I told you that's blasphemous. Yeah. How did Diddy have that? How do you? What know? I'm saying to you, I'm like, yeah, I knew something was up with TD Jake's because the album. You always do this. The album. You regurgitate points I made in conversations we have before we start recording, and then make it sound like it's your own thoughts. What? What I regurgitated. What did I do? Calvin, I told you. When I first showed you the video for the T.D. Jake stuff, you're like, that's the first I've ever heard of this. And I was like, well, he did drop that romance album. And now, all of a sudden, you always knew because he dropped the romance album? That album. I was the one. You you like the album. I'm the one complaining about it. I, don't play that devilish thing in my house. Don't play that devilish tune. I didn't say I liked it. I said I heard of it because you hadn't heard of it. But, yeah. Anywho, at the end of the day, he's wearing them same shirts Eddie Long was wearing. It's always the, the fishnet search always gets you. Fishnet. The fishnet search always gets you. So, do, so you think they're the tight ass. So you think the rumors are true? Shirts, yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right now, it's a lot of conjecture. Like, there's nah, no, there's no yeah. proof to anything. All of it is conjecture right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Ugh. Sometimes when you make movies, you're telling on yourself. What movies did he make that told, would have told on him? Woman Thou Art Loosed. Woman Thou Art Loosed? Yeah. Sometimes what, you're telling yourself. Was there a gay character in Women Thou Art Loosed? I don't know. But it was a lot of molestation and all that stuff in there. In that movie. Sometimes you just tell on yourself. Do you think we're ever going to get an answer is my other question. Allegedly. Right. Huh? 
Do you think we're ever going to actually get an answer, though, to all of this conjecture? This is a lot of guesswork on our part. No, I think, unlike Eddie Long, he'll be able to sweep it under the table somehow, unless he has to testify. How much do you put into the rumor mill? Or he gets arrested or something like that. How true do you think any of this is? Because it is all rumor. There's no, there's nothing to cement it as proof. If they nothing. say they got tapes and recordings, it's a done deal. People say they have tapes and recordings of Beyonce being with the Illuminati. Those people are crazy. I'm just saying. It's They also say they have tapes and recordings or whatever. They have tapes recording of Beyonce not giving birth and taking somebody else's baby. Jay-Z has somebody killed so he can be famous. All this crazy right. nonsense. They have to sacrifice three livers and a and a cow and a dog. Something insane. So they become, yeah. It is. It's, how come some people just can't just make it? But that's what I'm saying. So how, how much of all of this conjecture and rumor do you really feel is linked to truth? About 50. 50%? Yeah. That's high. That's about 50. That's high. Because it's... I don't think T.D. Jenks is a... Innocent, innocent, but I don't know about all of these Here's allegations. Here's my thing. Why are you at the parties? How do we know he's at the parties? Again, conjecture. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Did you guys know that we have an email account? Email address is we like that, D-A-T podcast at gmail.com yes we like that podcast at gmail.com go ahead and hit us up with what you are watching and see if we like that because we might like that we really might and we'd love to hear from you this week's worth of watch is i love you you hate me a documentary on peacock about the barney show barney and friends barney and friends show the documentary pretty much Goes into detail of how it took off between to- how it was created. You know, it took off between toddlers, so much so that it created a backlash amongst adults, teenagers, and college kids, which turned into them doing crazy things like assaulting people in Barney Assault- costumes. Yeah, anybody associated with Barney going after him, going after him and assaulting him. Them taking videos of them shooting the Barney dolls in the head with guns and mutilating him and burning, setting him on fire and all this other crazy stuff they were doing. It also kind of goes into small detail of what happened to the cast and the family of the person who created Barney, the yeah. show. Cheryl and Leach. Cheryl Leach. So you want to uh, start it? <laughs> you basically said everything. Well, I gave them a brief synopsis. Okay, all. okay. We're going to go into detail. So it's broken up into two episodes. First episode is basically Barney's beginnings. We uh, learn how Barney was inspired in the first place. I did not know that this was a random thought that somebody had. Definitely thought this was backed by a big corporation, but it's not. Started off with just videos. Well, so, so the initial inspiration for Barney was a video that held the interest of her then toddler's attention this is cheryl leach cheryl leach is out of texas she married into a family that does a lot of educational materials uh a company called dlm out of, out of texas and that's texas nigga. 
she ha- she had one son who everybody keeps describing as a very active little kid. It just sounds like he was a little kid. Um, exactly. I like it didn't sound like, <laughs> it's not like he, he was, was outrageous. It just sounded like he was a little kid. Or anything. He was just a kid. They were like he was hyperactive. He was just a pretentious kid. If you told him not to do something, he'd probably do it. That sounds like kid. all children. Anyway. Exactly. So. Hey, don't touch the stove. Ow. You touch the stove. stove. <laughs> Pretty much all Don't run did. over there. What if exactly. I run a little bit over there? Exactly. So. Anyway, the point is, she was having, I guess she was having trouble trying to keep his attention in one space so that she could work. She happened to rent a video. Oh, I forget what it was called. Did I note it? Probably not. But anyway, it was a video uh, geared towards preschoolers, and it was one of the few that was actually geared towards preschoolers at this time. It's like 1989 at this point. So there's not a whole lot of children's educational content. That's totally directed to toddlers. Right, to that age group specifically. So ages like one to four, there's not a whole lot. She found one video that kept his attention, and it was about these toys that came to life at night and sang to these kids, and he would rewatch it every day. These freaky-looking toys that came to life. It is nightmare-inducing. scary, freaky-looking toys. Definitely nightmare. Oh, it's called Wee Time. It was a, a video called Wee Time. It looks like early 80s stuff. That's really what it looks like. It looks like early 80s content. Anyway. It looks like a, uh, a person on acid created this thing. If you ever watch Zoobly Zoo, it looks like that. It That's... looks like humans dressed as animals, that... but in an uncanny valley way. That scared the ever living jesus out of me <laughs> i don't know why zoobly zoo scared me so much zoobly zoo was my favorite i, I love zoobly zoo black people in animal costumes scare the hell out of me for some strange reason i, I love zoobly zoo I, it just made me uncomfortable anywho so she gets the idea from we time because there's one set spe- section in that little video series that kept his attention. It was when it was interactive for him. He was like talking back to the television and singing the songs. And he was about that life in a big way. So so granted you had Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers and all that stuff. But it didn't really focus they, on toddlers. It they, focused yeah. on like everyone. Well it kind of started at age six. It was like six to like maybe ten for a lot of those shows. Yeah. And it wasn't repetitive. A lot of these educational. Like Sesame Street particularly. You have a huge cast of characters. You also have adults thrown in. You have adults thrown in, but it doesn't depict a picturesque, perfect, ideal life. Like Sesame Street is real life. Yeah. But that was the purpose of Sesame Street. Sesame Street was supposed to reach its intended audience, which at the time was inner city youth in New York. So they didn't want it to be this fluffy dreamscape. They wanted it to be something that was relatable to them. You had an angry man. You had a man that possibly pimped people. <laughs> you had a homeless man that everybody hated. Get it together, Grouch. Exactly. Get it together. You had, you had a, a green person. Pick yourself person. up by your bootstraps. You had a person who just loved to eat sweets. <laughs> <laughs> he was obsessed with sweets. You also had a guy who couldn't do anything right. You had the gay couple and the dude who was obsessed with birds. It makes sense. Yeah, actually, you actually had two angry men on there. You did. You did. You had the angry homeless man and the angry man who actually lived in home. <laughs> With his partner. It was fine. That we didn't know what partners. We thought they were just really good friends. <laughs> at the time. Coded. Anyway. But you know what? Sesame Street has never formally come out to say they are a gay couple at all. 
But they also haven't denied it. Anyway, that, we're losing the point. Point Mabadecki, is, you're the one. Point is, it was mostly stuff like Sesame Street. So it had a, a broad range of characters. These characters weren't depicted as perfect characters. Um, there was a dose of reality in a lot of these shows. Mr. Rogers included. Um, I'm sure ABC people also had its own crazy stuff that went in there. So, but Cheryl Leach is like, we time is on to something. What can I think of? There was a dinosaur exhibit that was coming through her Texas town at the time. And her son really liked the dinosaurs. So she was like, I'm going to make it a dinosaur. Because the first iteration of Barney's were like teddies or something like that. She was going to make it a teddy bear. Yes. And then... She changes it to a dinosaur, but she changes the teeth. She makes them all cap teeth or veneers. He's fluffy and purple. There's nothing scaly or spiky about him. She gave Barney those pearly whites. And honestly, early, early version Barney looks scary as heck. It is the darkest blue dinosaur. Everybody's like, it's purple, but it's like such a deep purple. It looks blue on the television. But whatever, she manages to get... A couple of video series done through her education company, through DLM. So I was like, how did she have access to a production crew? But it was through DLM. So she manages to get a few videos off. And the way that this became so popular so fast was she tapped into her own market, other moms. It spread by word of mouth first. Other moms were telling other moms to, to buy, the, buy these VHSs. Because the, it, it, would, it would distract your child so long enough that you would get stuff done you get stuff <laughs> get stuff done it has an educational message and you know it and it's distinctly simple she used a formula of repetitiveness because she knew it worked for that age demographic a repeated routine allegedly works very well for young young toddlers so she was like this is what i'm gonna do work like gangbusters the video sold out they started doing live shows one of the moms who was watching the videos, was so inspired by the videos, she offered to perf- to do marketing for them. To do live shows. She ends up doing live shows, but she was like, I'll throw Barney parties at my house exactly. and spread she the word. Barney parties, yeah. So, to me, Barney was created to distract kids so adults can get stuff done. It is very much how they lay it out in this doc. Like, <laughs> it was like, I didn't want to have to raise my child. What can I do? To, uh, take up most of their time this so video i can do stuff and know they're still there when i come back but you know what i also can't blame them we i i don't raise a child i'm not i'm not blaming i them. know they need a break i'm not blaming them for that but the ramifications from that they got upset about well not women cheryl didn't men <laughs> men what i found funny about the documentary is the documentary is how the men reacted it was visceral. Like and <laughs> when I say men, I mean white men, really, because it really wasn't any other. There were some black college students in there also doing Barney but bashing. I think they were just doing it because it was something, something to, to do. do. I think that's I why half those kids were there. I don't think it was any vitriol behind it. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So, yeah, so she has a successful VHS series now. Barney is starting to grow. They have the live shows that are selling out. Like hotcakes, and somehow PBS gets involved. It gets so popular, the head of the Connecticut Public Access Television Network, that his daughter is obsessed with Barney, and he's like, "I got to get it on TV." Yes, and that's how it comes to PBS, and it comes to PBS 
nationwide instead of just Connecticut. Yeah, and Cheryl is 100% behind the whole show. She is, but everybody talks about how great it is to work with her. Like, there's no stories about how she was terrible or a dictator. They really loved working for this woman. The only downside that they kind of expand on is that she wasn't spending a whole lot of time at home. With her family. Right. Barney was huge, and she was traveling with the show and doing all the other side things that were coming with it, the live show, uh, the syndication, talk shows. She, was, she wasn't home a whole lot. So so the first person I get, uh, that the first live show they had, the person that was in the body costume starting off, mm-hmm. I guess he got another gig? No, he wanted to join the military. <laughs> Oh, he joined the military. That's right. So Barney's actually made up of two actors, we found out. There's a voice actor who stayed with it for like almost 11 years. And then there's a body actor. The very first body actor was a former mime. And he did all the video sets. But then he said he got a calling to join the military. So he leaves the show to join the military. And he's like, you know, I come from generations of people my who father's were in the, father was were in, in the, the military. military. His father's father was in the military. And it was something I had to pursue for myself. And it was like, okay. So then they get this black guy to do it. This guy named David Joyner. And he takes it up a notch. Barney yep. is now doing 360 kick flips. Because the first Barney was kind of stiff and actually like a mime. Well, like a mime, but also the suit was heavy as heck. And he wasn't sure how to maneuver in it whatsoever. So when it switches to David Joyner... The costume changes as well. The color becomes a whole lot lighter. But David Joyner also is a trained athlete. Like, he, he comes from a dance, dance background. background. So he is flipping and kicking and having the time of his life. Uh, we also find out later David Joyner is also a ta- tantric masseuse therapist. Means he likes to have sex with women and pretend it's him passing his energy to them. To That's make them not happier. what it means. That's but exactly anyway, what it means. actually, no. But anyway, <laughs> he didn't tell that guy. But the show is very much like it's a little taboo. He's into Tantra. It's like, but but he to, had to sign a waiver to actually do Barney. To yeah, say to say he'll talk never about, talk about yeah. it. But to his credit, he's always been about that Tantra life. It's not something new. He's always been about it. So interesting. It's a, another way of getting easy sex. That's all it is. It is interesting. There's a part in there where the crew is like, "So, do you sleep with your clients?" And David goes, what you call sleeping, no. Not everybody passing, does a full session. I call passing energy. Very, in- It's very interesting. It's yeah, very like, interesting. I like to pass energy, too. Clearly, it's lucrative because he's filming from his house. It's nice. So, anyway. Yeah, I like passing energy, too. That's the point is, he's also an athlete as well as an actor. and he is one of those things, too, huh? He brings Barney to another level. So the Barney that you probably remember, if you're a kid who grew up with Barney, the Barney you probably remember was probably him in that suit. Moving around, high-fiving kids, dancing, spinning. More than likely was David Joyner. So then, Barney's now a hit show with PBS. It, it is takes everywhere. off. It takes off, off. It is everywhere. So it went from Barney in the Backyard Gang from 1988 till about 1991, and now it's Barney and Friends when it hits PBS. And it goes international. It's not just in the U.S. It's now in 225 countries. It's, it's so many things. So part of the popularity of Barney 
is how idealistic it is. But this is also during the early 90s. They're like gener- gener- Generation X is in their teens to young adulthood at this point. And the offshoot of that, a lot of adult entertainment, teen entertainment is about not caring. Not caring, being heavily nihilistic, supposedly, quote unquote, very real. And you, then you have Barney who's like, let's love each other. High fives and hugs. Yada, yada, yada. It starts rubbing anybody who's not a toddler the wrong way. Because I'm assuming they didn't get enough hugs when they were little. That's why. I, think I also have more questions. Comes. Why were these college students even aware of Barney? Like, wh- how, was, how was that I, happening? That, because another guy who, once again, hated that Barney was trying to replace his childhood big bird. But that's my question. How did he even know about Barney? He's a, he's a college student. You cannot know about big uh, Barney about the, at this time. Barney was everywhere. He was everywhere. I know he was everywhere, but you could easily tune in. You didn't have to watch the show. I know that. That's okay. that, But that's the irony. I don't know why they cared so much. For people who said they don't care, they cared an awful lot. An awful lot. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So as Barney's gaining notoriety in households it's also gaining notoriety amongst gen xers and adults who are like let's hate on this it's not uncommon it's it's actually part of popular culture for something to take off and get really really popular and also the hate wave to start to meet it as well it i I don't know why it just seems to be human nature to go from really loving and supporting something to this is now oversaturated and we hate it it sucks but they take it to another level with Barney. They take it to a dark, harder level. All of a sudden, there's stuff like college parties and kids that are doing things called Barney bashing. And this is right as the internet is starting to be a thing where people can go online and talk to other groups. It's the internet where you had to start it up like it was a car and get it warmed Basically, up. Basically, yep. Start running. Finally, it gets going. And then it takes hours for... Stuff to load and download. Maybe that added to the hate. Maybe they were all so upset about waiting. And then they were like, I'm finally in my Barney hate chat group. Let's talk about it. So as they start to hate Barney more and more, there's also these added undercurrents of like homophobia to to Barney. Where they're like, because they don't want to like Barney. So they're like, you know what else makes Barney bad? He's purple. You know what purple means? Gay. The 90s were wild. The 90s were wild. But to me... Yellow was also seen as a gay color, too. All the colors were. All the colors were. So, to me, it's not like... And when the guy who said he liked Big Bird and hated Barney because of this, I'm like, Big Bird wasn't this big... uh, Standalone. Standalone um, apex predator of a guy or a girl. People thought Big Bird was a girl, too. I thought Big Bird was a girl at some point. Why? It's just the way you walk the talk. Talk like a boy. Not they referred to, to him as him. Not to me. It was just soft. Also, and Big Bird was soft too. I, I think Big, Big Bird, Bird was soft too. Soft, softer than Barney, if you really think about it. We get this college student who started throwing Barney bashing parties in Nebraska, where they would go and buy the merchandise of Barney just to burn it and shred it and punch it and do whatever to it. Which makes no they sense. They would videotape themselves doing this, and then they would give it to the local news. <laughs> to broadcast and it worked and it worked they gained notoriety for their barney bashing parties not only that but it started to take off across the country across the u.s of people just viscerally hating 
Barney. There is a web group that joins up that I don't want to talk about. Basically, it's like the jihadist of Barney. It's it, it's an RPG game. There's people who created an RPG game to <laughs> to basically play almost like Dungeons and Dragons style as a, its own group that's it's, going after Barney as the big bad. It's Cast Castle Wolfenstein. Kind of. If you picture that, kind they're of. just going through different little, uh, I guess chambers and killing Barneys. Yes, and his minions allegedly. And his minions allegedly. But like they they hate. It's all online. And they hate Barney. It's an early, early days RPG forum. You also have this grown-ass adult in Florida who creates the I Hate Barney Secret Society. Not very secret because he's everywhere. And his whole story about why he started this group in the first place was he came home from a work trip. And before to him, before he left for his work trip, his daughter was all about him, couldn't get enough. But when he comes back from the work trip, he can barely get his daughter's attention because she's so focused on Barney. Mind you, his daughter is three. Mind you, he's never home anyway. It sounds like he's so skipping some stuff from the story. the point? But he gets so mad that she seems to be so obsessed with this purple dinosaur. He starts a newsletter that gains traction with other adults who all complain that Barney's now becoming some sort of cult. Mind you, these people use Barney to get the attention of their kids so they can do How did their kids done. get access to Barney in the first place? Anyway. Exactly. But the point is, as as Barney is rising in popularity, so is this hate for Barney. Barney's this hate for Barney is also driving up in popularity. Uh you also have Barney's team starting to take legal action because the Barney bashing starts to get violent. There is there is an independent, what is it called, mascot called the San Diego Chicken who doesn't belong to any team at all, but shows up at games, gets, apparently gets gigs to show up at games to do halftime shows and whatnot. He happened to do one show where somebody else who was an independent mascot came dressed as Barney. They had a dance-off where the person dressed as a, as a knockoff Barney Really showed him up in in terms of dance skill. He got so mad, he tackled him to the ground and threw him over the railing to the other team's little dugout. dugout. And he was like, it was a great show. And he incorporates this whole thing into his act moving forward. It's a shtick. Where he gets somebody just up as Barney, and then he violently attacks them for laughs. But the real Barney team gets a wind of this and they start trying to pursue legal action against these groups that are showing so much hate towards Barney. They send cease and desist letters to the RPG game. I forget what that's called. I really don't want to repeat it again. But um, to the chicken and they lose all of these lawsuits that they're trying to pursue. Because their thing had no teeth to it. Most of the time they get dismissed or it's deemed as parody or it doesn't have enough merit. It just gets dismissed. So the chicken is uh, Javon's people. From it's the chickens from San Diego, or San Diego, as Ron Burgundy. Burgundy I don't remember say. this chicken at all. You should. He's from. He would just go to you guys' baseball games. Uh, apparently. Apparently, but I don't remember this chicken at all. Anyway, doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. So point is. Barney's team, like while they are while they're celebrating the rise 
in success for the business. They're also like looking crazy to everybody else while people are trying to either go after them for being too sunshiny, happy and unquote unquote realistic, <laughs> like performing all these other stunts to say that they hate Barney so, so much. The documentary includes a psychologist and an anti-hate lecturer in the storyline. And I really appreciated the information that they gave us. What was your takeaway on some of that? Do you um, remember? It was just a bunch of depressed white men and kids. Rage. Who just were in a fit of rage for some strange reason. The anti All of them pretty much had the same thing in common. Oh, well, I don't, part, we don't know that because they kind of only go into the so secret the, society dude's so, background. Yeah, so the, but the but the dude that wanted to do the, the, the jihadist, whatever thing uh-huh. it was, he looked like a loner, looked like he didn't have uh, social skills, and he did it because it's his only way to him connect to the outside world, seems like. He doesn't he was say a, that. He, but... was a, he was an asshole. He does say that. He does say, I'm, I'm not nice. I'm, I'm not somebody so, that people get along with easily. So he's the reason for him not having friends. But, but he to wants his to blame credit, Barmy. So to his credit, though, he talks about how he does feel like that group that he was attached to kind of, he said it's not a direct correlation, so it's not a direct line to these other groups, but it kind of set a foundation for groups like 4chan. And what was yeah. the other group? Uh, 8chan and QAnon. Yeah, QAnon. 4chan and QAnon, yes. But basically how, like, you've got these people who determine their entire personalities around this thing that they hate, and then they get online to share all of this. And then you have the anti-hate lecturer who used to be a former neo-Nazi who talks about how, like, you know, it's not a direct equivalency from neo-Nazism to, like, hating Barney, but there's a lot of the structure. It's the same. That's the same. When you're coming up around something that you hate and making it something that you want to promote that you hate. It doesn't leave a whole lot of room for you to promote what you actually like, what you enjoy. And when we talk about the college student dude who was creating these hate parties, he says the reason he did it was because it was a sense of, oh, what's the word he uses? Diminishing his childhood. Well, he said it was diminishing his childhood, but protest. He says it's it a, a type protest. of protest. And his whole thing, like, he does not knock off of it. His whole thing is, like, he felt Barney was trying to replace Big Bird. And Big Bird's his favorite. How dare you? How dare you come after Big Bird? But it was like, that wasn't what was happening. Those shows were showing at the same time. They were for two different age demographics. That's not what was happening and, at all. And Big Bird was still going strong. Big Bird is still going strong. Exactly. I don't, but, but when they're talking to the psychologist and this anti-hate person, they're talking about how, like, You've got, especially a college student, right? You're at the precipice of a quarter-life crisis. You're technically an adult, but you're still coming out of your teenhood, your childhood. And it's Generation X. These are usually the first generation of kids that came from those boomers. Realism was such a top priority. So to have a group of kids that are coming up with a more idealistic childhood than they did, there's some hatred there. There's some frustration there. And some feelings that they can't put words to necessarily how, about it. So, how, and it triggers them and they get they get angry about it how and dare, it turns into this other stuff. How dare Barney show you how to deal with your emotions in an adult way? 
and not have a tantrum and break things. How dare he show you how to be mature with their emotions? They have the dude who played Steve from Blue's Clues in here as like a type of narrator. And he does such a good job of vocalizing how somebody might have the sentiment that like, oh no, the stuff that I came up with, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, ABC people, this stuff worked for me because there was a basis of reality to them. There was a basis of like almost brokenness to these characters versus Barney where everything is kind of just repeated. There's not a lot of depth to it. And it's just like sunshine and flowers nonstop. So basically in Sesame Street, the count gave up pimping for counting. He, <laughs> he never gave up pimping. Pimping so, in his life. He just the, added counting. The grouch was mad because he was homeless in a trash can, but he didn't want to go anywhere else. He loved it. You know, there's a theory that he's not mad that he's in a trash can. He's mad that other people have a problem he's in a trash can. I think it's both. <laughs> but that's just me. Because you know he's also like not liked by Grouchland. I don't oh, know if I don't know how deep you've gotten into he's a the bo- Grouch. He's a, a bougie Grouch. Ba- uh, basically, so he's not liked by Sesame Street people, right? Because he lives in a trash can. But he's also not liked by his fellow Grouches because they think he's too bougie. Wow, great! Because um, he has the best garbage can on Sesame Street. That's right. They, they also say it's too clean and he's too friendly oh, with other whatever. people. Uh, last time it's I checked, deep. He cussed everybody out. It's deep. Then you got stuff off because. A person who was on drugs all his life, but trying to clean his clean. I try forgot to get that no one believed Snuffy was real for a minute. I forgot that. Yeah, he was on. He was on a heroin. He's on that stuff. He was on a stool. That's why he's always sleepy. Hi, bird. That's why he talked like that. Did his baby sister talk? Yeah, she was Did helping him. She, I just get remember clean. her giggle. I don't think she. I don't think she talked. So, Big Bird was trying to help Snuffy get clean. We're we're missing the point. Let's go back to Barney. So. Okay. Back to Barney and the violence that's happening with Barney. Uh, but yes, it's a lot of white men who are like, I have a problem. The producer for Jerry Springer also gets involved in this when he realizes, and Jerry Springer has come out around the same time that Barney has launched as well. So they're, they're kind of rising in popularity together. Jerry, Jerry. The producer's like, let's get both of these angry white guys together to talk about why they hate Barney, which just kind of feeds into more of the let's hate Barney train. And then we'll have people who love Barney talk to him and see if we can, something will happen. It's crazy. Because but, before that, he was trying to be a real journalist, I guess. And then he had an episode where, I guess it was like a KKK or some episode, some type of racial episode he had, and a fight broke out. Oh, Jerry, so you're talking about Jerry Springer. Yeah, Jerry Springer show. So then when the fight broke out, his ratings went crazy. So that's when they went to the junk TV form of... Uh, Jerry Springer. Yeah, show. Talk show, I should say. That was also really random to give us. Yeah, it was. But, but I also wonder if they were trying to set the set the stage for people who are watching that documentary who don't remember Jerry Springer. I think they were just trying to set the mood at the, at the time, how TV and everything was changing. Uh-huh. And how Barney was one-way love, happiness, hugs, let's all... Get along. Get along. And then you got the other side of it. everything's just chaos, fight, <laughs> yeah, hate, yeah, anger. Yeah. I don't like you. You don't like me. I'll punch you yes. in your face. Nothing. Ah, I'm bad. Right. Like exactly. That. Nothing matters. Right. Yeah. Nothing matters. Uh, life is just life. I'm just the emo thing way of do, of, of uh, dealing with things. So they basically are doing this until about 1998. Cheryl leaves the show officially in 1998. 
it gets sold to a conglomerate at that point. Um, and pretty much they just now trying to pump up Barney for profit. Well, a lot of people leave at that point. So some of the kids have left. A lot of the kids left mid-90s, around 96, 97. Um, the original voice actor for Barney and the body actor, the second body actor for Barney. All left. They leave as well. So it's, a, it's almost like it's a brand new crew entirely. But according to some of the people who did stick around, it was like a lot of the love got lost. Which is interesting to me because Barney doesn't formally get canceled till 2010. Cheryl left the show in 1998. It gets sold to a conglomerate in 2001. It doesn't get canceled till 2010. I didn't realize it ran that long. I didn't realize it ran that long either. I uh, see how easy it was to not watch Barney or be aware of it. Exactly. <laughs> and then on top of that, they introduced this new character who's supposed to be like this oh. hip hopish, funky saxophone player. Didn't know they introduced another one. He was like the Kenny G mixed with uh, Tupac. I guess I don't know. I remember the little Triceratops girl, and I remember the yellow guy. I did not remember they brought an orange one on. Be uh, baby, Bebop. Bebop. Bob something. BB. I think your name is BB or something like that. I know one of them is BJ. So like that. That's dirty. I know. Or is it PJ? One, probably it's, PJ. it's initials. It's probably PJ. But I think the sister is Bebop. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like Bebop or something like that. And I that. think her, because the yellow guy is her brother. I think his yeah. name is BJ. I think it's BJ and Bebop. Yeah, I think and it doesn't like matter. That. Yeah. <laughs> point is, apparently they were trying to go urban. Uh, <laughs> it didn't work. Why did he have a saxophone? It didn't make sense. It didn't make sense. (laughs) If he was supposed to be urban, why he got a saxophone? It didn't make no sense. So random. He didn't have a sideways hat or nothing. I was confused. Anywho, um, the show changes, but it continues to grow and it stays there for as much hate as it garnered. It didn't go nowhere. It stayed. It stayed till 2010. It also. And this is when we start getting kind of the backstory of some of the cast members, what happened after they left. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, what's her name, Cheryl? Mm-hmm. Cheryl, once she, uh, I guess, stepped away from the show, like a year or two later, she got a divorce from her husband. No, it was the same year she stepped away from the show. Well, the same year she got a divorce. And on top of the divorce, I think a year or two later, her husband, ex- A few months later. A few months later, he ends up committing life. suicide, taking yeah. his life. Her son, I think, never really dealt with the trauma of, A, being so associated with Barney. And a, a rich kid at the same time, too. Rich kid, his associating to Bar- Barney. Especially on his, as people started to hate it, and he's becoming a teenager. Yeah. and That must that have been hell on earth. The reason it was created, because your mom said, because it was created for him. Right. So the extra backlash he got, on top of losing his dad. Right. In that crazy way. His mom not really being there. Mom not being there. He takes like a, not really a dark turn. They made it sound like it was a dark turn. They kept associating the values of the show with him. But, But my people brain, my person brain was like, the values of the show is not correlated to one person. I don't know why. This is a constant comparison for this poor man. It seems to me like he was dealing with, he was paranoid to me. I don't think you become paranoid by yourself. What I'm saying is, because of all the hate mail probably his mom got and they got. The death threats. They talk about death threats being sent. The people, who's to say he didn't get bullied and beat up in school? For real. Or or stalked. Or stalked. Or whatever. That's a stalked. Yeah. Stalked. And all that stuff. It culminates into his adulthood when he's like, 
in his 20s, I think. Yeah, 20s or early 30s. So at some point, uh, do we have the dates and times? He moves to Malibu. It's 2013. So before that, his mom goes to Barbado and Caicos. Caicos and Barbados. She went somewhere and decided to open up a restaurant. Opens up a restaurant. He works there for a little bit. Then he eventually goes back to Malibu. Mm-hmm. That's where he's like, first of all, the layup and setup of where he lived made no sense. The story didn't make a whole lot of sense. I feel like a lot of information got left out and how they explain this story to us, too, because they don't get the actual creator or the son in the documentary. This is all story around them. I think it was more. So my theory is, OK, you have this big mansion in front of this. I don't even think it was a mansion. I think it was just a big house. It's Malibu, so it's just a house. They it's, made it it's seem in a rich like area. Yeah, they but made it's it a house. They made it seem like it was a mansion. Not, yeah. So you have this nice house in front of all these other not so nice houses. No, they're also nice houses. I didn't. The I, area he lives in, they make a point of saying that it was an affluent neighborhood. Okay. So it wasn't like he was in a na- fancy place and everybody else around him wasn't. They were all in a fancy places. He just so, had an asshole of a neighbor. <laughs> so he used to live around assholes. So I guess this neighbor decided to just stare into his yard or something. Which is weird. weird. Which, not. I feel like it, they're not telling us the whole story. They, the way they say the story is that it was just a random day. His neighbor walks up to his fence. It says, uh, no not, trespassing. No trespassing, do not enter. And he stares into the fence, and then he stares into the security camera that's there. Like, and then he walks off to his own property. Like Kevin Hart, he just stares. Then they make it sound like Cheryl's son, I think his name is Patrick, drives, drives up, over to, to his neighbor's house. Goes, why were you on my property? They fight back and forth, whips out a gun, shoots this dude in the chest. It goes through his shoulder, and he drives off. And when the police finally catch up to Patrick, they find out that he's got his weapons and a bulletproof vest on. So it seems like he took them on a OJ Bronco style chase for for a little bit. We don't even know that. I don't even know if they caught him because they were looking for him as a shooting suspect or because he was speeding. Yeah. So Niels just said he was looking at what, 40 years? 15. 15 max? Yeah. 15 years. He ends up doing five. Yeah. They commute his sentence. So, he was still lucky, if you look at it. Yeah. Well, also, the guy did not die. So, I think that went a long way towards his sentence. But the point is, he shot to kill. We don't know that. Remember, because they also put in there that he came from this broken background. And the way he's learned to cope is maybe not the healthiest. It don't matter if you aren't aiming to kill. The prosecutor was trying to say that he was there to kill. Where the bullet hit could have killed him anything above the kneecaps is attempted murder oh to who you according to you no that's law anything that's why above lot... the kneecaps count? yeah that's why some people shoot people in the, in the legs below the knees so i have more questions now. yeah i'm telling you I have it's, more questions that's why so if i went on a shooting rampage but i just shot everybody in a toe they'd be like this is not murder <laughs> no, nope, just it's uh, it's it's aggravated assault. It's this aggravated assault. Murder. It's aggravated because assault because it's below the knee. Yeah, it's aggravated assault. How this police stop? Anyway, the okay, point is, look it up. Look it up. It's look aggravated it assault. I'm telling you. The point is, they were like he came in with intent. So the prosecutor that they they brought on said it. They were able to prove that he had, at least had intent. They weren't able to prove that he was there to murder directly, but that he definitely had intent to harm. 
but I feel like there's gaps in that story. One, why would the neighbor walk across the way to stare into this man's fence? Mercy. <laughs> like, why, why would he do this? Like a, like a cartoon sense. villain. The drawing, the draw-ups they have of the interaction. He's got the gun sideways out the car. Like, it's like he's in a, a diehard movie. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. To me, it doesn't make sense that this escalated the way it escalated out of zero things. It made it sound like this man was minding his own business, walking, just walking one day. And then all of a sudden, here comes Patrick driving up, yelling at him and shooting. It doesn't I don't feel like it came out of nowhere. Should it have escalated to where it escalated? Of course not. But I don't don't think that this came on by itself. And the documentary goes like. It kind of paints Patrick as like this troubled kid who becomes a troubled adult, but he's supposed to be associated with Barney. So this is all extra surprising because he's being held to this other standard because his mom created Barney. It's really weird. And there's a part that Calvin skipped because he didn't care for it. But they talk about like the children. I fell asleep. The children that are being raised by these adults who create these types of shows. Like the son of Mr. Rogers. Um, do you know who Candace Bergman is? Oh, the ventriloquist dude who had a daughter. He did a kid show with that vent- with that dummy. Yeah. But she basically paints it as how, like, when you have these adults who create these lovable characters that are loved by kids, those characters take on their own persona in the family. Candace talks about how, like, basically that Ventrilica's dummy was like her brother. They treated that dummy like it was a, a literal child. And it's the same thing with Barney. Everybody in that show calls Barney Cheryl's son and Patrick's brother. They say that it's his sibling and it's a fictional dinosaur. I can only imagine what the pressure of that is like on your day-to-day life. That's crazy. That's sure, crazy. I guess. <laughs> Rich people problems. It's crazy. But also, his dad was dealing with mental health issues. I'm sure Patrick was dealing with his own stuff. They also say that he had a tumor that had to be removed when he was younger. And I'm sure he was doing a lot of that without his mom right there. Like, that's... Not only that, shortly after the divorce, his for his father to take his own life, and now he's just with his mom? That's, he was still a teenager. That's, that's That's a lot. A lot, a lot. Then we get into further breakdowns for these uh, people who hated Barney. We find out that the dude who created the I Hate Barney Society, he realizes... Was a drunk. After, <laughs> he realizes, after a lot of work on himself, that the, part of the reason he was going after Barney the way he did was he needed an outlet to not focus on his own issues, which was alcoholism at the time. He says he's been in recovery for two decades or more, but a lot of the things that he was associating with Barney was t- coming from his own addiction. So that's why his daughter wasn't running to him every every. Very time, possible. Because she knew he was a drunk. But rather than admit that he had a drinking problem, he was like, no, you know what it is? It's this dinosaur. It's this dinosaur. But later in the documentary, he goes, I am grateful that, you know, through my hatred of Barney, I figured out. I love how people, it, to me, they're, I guess, come to Jesus moments. Mm-hmm. And how they use the hate as a justified means to an end. Yeah. Was very crazy to me. I I, I couldn't understand it. It's interesting. But I did like how 
The, uh, I, 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 how do you build that much hate, though? I think it's really easy to build that much hate. You pick one thing that's going to distract you from the other stuff that you don't want to look at, and it becomes your everything. People do it on the internet every day. Sure. I and, don't... and the documentary goes on to show how, like, the early precipice of the internet, how it starts to become normalized through these initial factions that hated <laughs> The problem <laughs> is you, you stop living. Yes. And you're actually dying. And you're making yourself more miserable because you're not living. But I think it's also that you don't know how to, how to live. Easy. Turn off what you're doing and just focus on being, doing something for you. Doing what you need to do to get yourself out of that rut. But I don't know. I think they touch on how like a lot of people want a sense of community. And they they may not have the skill sets to decipher what's a healthy community for They're them. looking for somebody who's just as broken and hurt as Right. Them. But but when you do do that, you, you tend to end up in Staying these in like. Staying in bubble. Yes. These sad, stagnant bubbles. So. It was interesting. Calvin fell asleep twice through it. So I'm interested to see if, what was your takeaway from, from all of I it. didn't realize. My takeaway was I didn't realize how much hate there was for Barney. Uh-huh. I had no idea. I remember a lot of, of, of shit talking on the playground when it I, came to Barney. I remember people. Yeah. I don't remember the violence. Yeah, I, I remember a little bit of people talking crazy about Barney. But the people who like Barney, still watch Barney, just kept watching and liking Barney. No one cares. <laughs> Do you remember the rhyme that, that, that they had for the I Love You, You Hate Me? That no. That title comes from a rhyme that went around. No. Tons of playgrounds. No. Basically, they like, co-adapted the song, I Love You, You Love Me. Yeah. And it's I Love You, You Hate Me. And it's all, it's, the rest of that song is all, all violence about blowing people up and killing them. Never heard that song. And it ends with like a fuck you. Yeah. Never heard that song. Because <laughs> I tend to ha- hang around happy people. <laughs> Carl- Carl and me stumped by that song. I would never. I, I didn't know that was an actual playground. First of all, why are we singing that on the playground? Calvin, they sing all kinds of crazy stuff on the playground. There's a place in France. That rhyme? Not I appropriate know. for children. Miss Mary Mack is a crazy... But all our nursery rhymes are crazy. And that's what scary I'm saying. It it goes it goes horrifying. crazy. But anywho, that's my. T- I didn't realize how the backlash was that crazy with Barney. I like felt, I felt bad for the kids that were the actors in Barney. Those kids ended up getting bullied in school, and they started acting out a little bit and doing stuff. One guy got shot. The the black guy, Derek, the guy who played Derek, black kid who played Derek, he got shot. It was uh. He was temporarily, temporarily paralyzed. Par- paralyzed for like a minute. Uh, the girl, one, some of the girls ended up, one, almost sound like she was goth. Yes, Tasha. Yeah, and then the other one, she started just drinking and smoking, just to loose. Did did uh to diminish the Barney side. She, of, yeah, she was trying to like disassociate herself from Barney. Barney. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's just my my takeaway. I didn't realize how much, not adults, uh-huh. I should say, hated Barney. Like, the shooting Barney with real guns, mm-hmm. like it's a real human being or a real thing. Yeah. And videotaping it. Yeah. Was kind of disturbing. 
what disturbed me was the guy sitting on fire. The guy who threw those parties doubled down on it. It's been how many years since Barney? And he's still like, and he, I meant that stuff. He <laughs> like, needs like, a hug. And also, the how Barney was this feminine dude. Which, yes, an association of that he was too soft. Which he wasn't blows masculine enough. My mind, because Sesame Street, you got two dudes living together. You do. Then you got a big ass bird walking around with a soft voice, always scared, always saying "I love you." Walking around with the he, uh, Big Bird had his own little uh, teddy bear. Yeah. But nothing's feminine about that. Well, because he was supposed to be a little kid. Big Bird was six. Remember, they would celebrate his birthdays on Sesame Street. That's a big ass six. Yeah. Well, yeah. He that's, was. A, that's a big six. I think now he's maybe twelve. But yeah, he. He's just now twelve. Yeah. After thirty some years, he's just now twelve. Calvin, he was six after like twenty years. So yeah. Let me get this straight. We don't know how to do time. So there's no time difference type thing. Like, so there's no so birds are like age every ten years. Well, yeah, like you know how dogs are like seven years every one human year. It's supposed to be something similar for big bird. Then he should be one hundred and thirty. <laughs> That's we're losing the point. The point is. I, if you remember the Barney... The math is not mathing, okay? That's all I'm saying. If you remember Barney, and you're kind of interested in, like, this this hate backlash that apparently was happening at the time, <laughs> it's not a bad watch. What was your Barney uh, TV show as a kid? For me as a kid, definitely Zoobly Zoo, which Calvin said gave nightmares. That's fucking nightmares. I loved it. I was in love with the guy who played the teddy bear. That's... Um, nightmares. How did you? No wonder you sleep. Like I love that. him. No wonder you sleep the way you sleep. I love him. You sleep with nightmares. I loved him. I wanted to be that little cat so bad. There's a there's a pink kitty cat. She's a ballerina. She's dope. And her and the teddy, they might have had a thing. Neither here nor there. Point is, Azubili Zoo for sure was wow. that for me. Mister Rogers, Mister Rogers also when I would watch that as a kid. Sesame Street too. Mister, but Azubili Zoo the most. I don't really think I really. Had one. I was more into like cartoons, cartoons. This is like little little kid stuff. So ABC people for sure for you. Well, and you said Mr. Slimbody. You want to talk about nightmares? Technically, I was like ten, about ten, eleven, maybe eight or nine. And I found out those I found those guys on PBS. ABC. Yeah. People. Uh, You're telling people. me you didn't watch no little kid shows when you were a little kid, Calvin? Not really. It was cartoons. I watched cartoons. I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I don't remember. I put it like that. I don't remember. What? What's the er, your earliest memory of a show that you really like? It's probably Sesame Street. Probably Sesame Street. Okay. I'll say that. Did you uh, have a favorite character in Sesame Street? Probably was Big Bird. You were with that guy, Big Bird, till you die, like die hard. No, it could have been a Cookie Monster too, because he was blue. Could have been Grover, because he's blue. I like the guy who did the Nom Nom song. Oh, Animal. It was Animal. Banana. Oh, Muffet Babies. Muppet Muppet Babies was for me. Muppet Babies was dope. Do you remember the theme song? Muppet Babies are in cartoon. In the world looks kind of weird. He didn't know I had bars. He didn't know I had bars. That would you knew the rest of the words of that song. But Muppet Babies, sure. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, Mr. Rogers, Ghost Writer. Oh yeah, Ghost Rider. Yeah, uh, and three, two, one, contact. I like. Yeah, I also liked uh, Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop sing along. 
Yeah, um, and there's another one. I can't think of it right now. I'm drawing a blank. But yeah, Inspector Gadget, stuff like that. Also didn't know it's uh, Black Icon. Did you know that? What? <laughs> Some bad Inspector Gadget? Yeah. Uh, Cree Summer's dad is Inspector Gadget. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she's Penny. Yeah, she's Penny, yeah. Black Icon. Yeah. So, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was pretty much I hate, I love you. They, you hate me. I do like hearing about the real stories behind these like beloved shows like this. I didn't realize Barney had stopped. Barney's like done done. So yeah. there's a generation of kids who don't even know who Barney is. Exactly. Um, also, there's the Big Bird one. It, it's I Am Big Bird. I've seen that one already. It just talks uh, about the actor that's behind the suit and how it, it kind of takes over his life. Of course it does. Yeah. Because you're Big Bird 24-7. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you got anything else you want to add? I, I say watch it. What do you say? Watch it. Do you like that? Because we like that. Listen to us on all podcast platforms, especially Spotify. Interact. Do all the things. Because you know we like that. Supersonic, idiotic, disconnected, not respected. Who would ever really want to go and talk that? Love and oh, hip hop raw. Dumb. That was dumb. You proud of yourself? Yeah. I'm going to keep all of this in. Okay. Welcome back. Welcome back to Life After Lockup. Ugh. So many couples in Life After Lockup. There's so many couples in Life After Lockup. Who do you want to talk about first? Your flows was magnificent. Your style was impeccable. <laughs> Thank Just you. Thank that. you. It's from Teen Witch. I know it by heart. Thank you. Uh. So, we're going to start Love and Lock Up off with... Ooh, uh, want some gossip? Gossip, sure. So, Taylor has an OnlyFans. Uh, disgusting. Chance has an OnlyFans. More disgusting. Chance has been like, let me step it up, though, so people know to look at mine and not Taylor's. And he's been leaking clips of his content. He's been posting it on Twitter and Instagram. Sure. It got taken down of Instagram, but if you really want to see Chance's penis, you can see it on Twitter. Why? Or, or formerly Twitter, now X. Would I want to do that to myself? Because I came across it, and it's seared into my brain, so now you have to watch it. No, I don't. No, thank you. The I comments know. on it are hysterical. I'm a grown-ass grown man. He's also the only one making any noises. It's just so, so many things he's happening. he's sharing his penis by himself? No, there's a partner there, but there's just no noise coming from that Is partner. it the 15-year-old girl? Yes. Well, he's going to jail. He documented it. <laughs> Great for him. Technically, allegedly, she is 22. If she was in dog age. Dog ears. Dog ears. Well, that's happening as a thing. Anyway, so moving on. Um, Which couple would you like to talk about Lindsay first? Lindsay and Blaine raw. So Lindsay and Blaine, the storylines in this latest episode went at the speed of light because there's so many couples. So. Lindsay and Blaine, overall, Lindsay is in her hustle mentality right now. We're looking at apparently gangster <laughs> Lindsay. She's getting hurt. Terrence money. Howard on her. She's like, you DJ owe me from money. Hustle and Flow. From Hustle and Flow. I'm it's, calling it in now. Was it DJ from Hustle and Flow? What's his name, DJ? I have no idea. Look at Mike. I need my money, Mike. She, need you guys she, to get my it's, money, It's Mike. the middle. It looks like it's the middle of the night. She pulls up this dude's trailer and is like, 
I want my monies. And he's standing outside like, sure, here, here's your money. Here's your money, Lindsay. Here's your money, <laughs> And she's like, it better all be here. Count that to her friend. What? <laughs> it's all here, Lindsay. It's all here. She just tell, tell everybody you know. Lindsay's out here trying to get her money back. He's like, okay. Like, it's, it's just, they're really trying hard trying to, get my to money, show us like... that she's apparently street. Whatever. Then it continues to go on with her talking about how like she's really happy with her life with Blaine. She wants to propose to him by proposing to him with a chain. She getting him a dookie chain. Because only thugs and gangsters wear dookie chains. And she's bought that thug and gangster life. I have so many questions. I she wanted also... I wanted a dookie chain for my wedding ring. <laughs> a dookie chain? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Is that why you lost your wedding ring? That's the way to get it replaced? Moving on to <laughs> Janome and Red. Janome and Red. So Janome is feeling the effects of being the only provider for the family and the fact that Red wants to go back to Missouri to visit and he doesn't want to take them. He's also still texting other women that he had situationships while he was locked up. And he's like, Janome's overreacting. I don't know what her problem is. Just because I literally cheated on her a day after I got out, I don't know why she's acting like this. He calls his bestie up and is like, I don't know why she's tripping. And his bestie's like, yeah, I've known you and been sending you money for years. I don't know why she doesn't accept that we're, that we're close. Why you want to act like that? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't. Red, first of all. Also, Janome's brother comes to meet Red and he tears up being like, I know that you are not sticking around, but Sway is so in love with having a dad and he really likes you for the love of God. Please stick around. <laughs> I, but we know he's not going to. It's just red. I don't, I don't know. He had no plan. His plan was just to leave and pray that it worked between him and uh, Janome. Uh, but it's not. And it's, it's not, not going to because Neither of them are on the same page. One mm-hmm. is living in a fantasy world, and mm-hmm. one wants to live a fantasy life. True. So we'll Th- see what they're happens. They're both ignoring what's actually happening around them. Exactly. So. And the little child is going to be crushed in the process. Sway is so into having a dad. And this is why I go by you, you inter- putting these dudes in your child's life or putting these women in your child's life too early mm-hmm. before you establish a concrete foundation with each other. Yeah. And then when it doesn't work out, you want to blame the other person when really you should be mad at yourself. It's not great. They end up hugging. Uh, Red gives her some BS about how he's sorry and he wants to work towards them being a family. But we know this is not going to last because we know that they're already broken up. So, next couple. Melissa and Louie. Also super quick. So, Louie is getting ready to drive to New Jersey. New Jersey. Is this out of order? Wasn't he in New Jersey when we left him? He went there to visit. He went back. So, he's back. he went back to Georgia yeah, to so pack now, his stuff so up now and now really leave and move. So, here's the issue. They keep telling Louie he needs to be an adult. And not rely on his mom. Not rely on them. But then they keep making him rely on them. I don't think it's them. I think it's just Melissa. Melissa. Melissa's the only one who has a problem with Louis. Wants him to grow up, but then he keeps putting training wheels on him in shackles. 
She's like, you need to act on your own. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to drive up there. I've all, I've already switched all my stuff over with my POs. So New Jer- I'm now, you know, under New Jersey for reporting. And she's like, well, what happens if you get pulled over on your way here? He's like, they'll have to contact New Jersey. And she's like, I don't trust it. I would like your mom to drive with you up, <laughs> up here. And he's like, you were just on me about having my mom always be there for me. And now you want her to drive with me so that you can throw it in my face later. And he cusses her out. And I agreed with him. Yeah. Calvin's distracted. Right. He deserved, she deserves to be cussed out because you don't like my mom. Now you want me to bring my mom with me. But then you don't want my mom to stay with us. So where is she going to stay? Right. Calvin's <laughs> easily distracted. <laughs> so where is she going to go at this point? She can't be with us, but you want to. He's like, so my mom drives us there, and then what? She stays with us? And she's like, she can't stay with us. She's, this is, our place is too small. Then He's like, the, then what? What's the point of her coming up there then? <laughs> what are we going to do then? Because I don't trust you, Louie. Clearly, it feels like they're like, we need to continue a storyline of some sort so we can keep the show going. But that's all we get is Melissa's random call to Donna to be like, you know how we don't like each other? Well, guess what? I want you to drive with your son up here. Rent, yeah. And Louie being like, I don't even know what to do next. So then we've got Karak and Brittany, and their storyline is not involving either one of them. They're it's now pretty, fo- yeah, they're focused on Karak's brother. It's pretty much Karak's brother, David. Yeah. He's on that stuff. He's on that sh. sh- is he? He's on, on that sh- stuff? He's on that sh- ish. Then he starts talking about how he's got PTSD because of his parents. He, his mom needs to stop acting like, he, like she's his wife. Then get the hell out of my house. It's very interesting. I'll stop being your mom and wife if you get the hell out of my house. And he's been like disappearing for days at a time. And they're worried that he's using again. And I, I don't know. I don't have enough information to know if whether or not that's actually true. Yeah, he's, he, he's been, he, he, was, he was scratching. He might be dibble-a-dabble somewhere. Yeah, he was scratching. I don't know. He uh-uh. could have another whole family. Who knows? I don't know if they're just making this up for storyline. He's just chilling with a girlfriend somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't I don't know if he's comfortable even doing this. But anywho, that's pretty much their whole thing. They're eating dinner. He came by. They got into it. He's kind of disrespectful to his moms. And that's pretty much where we leave it at. And then you have Sean and Sarah made their uh, epic uh, re-entrance. re-entrance. So if you don't know, Sean hates Sarah's mom because Sarah's mom didn't tell him Something that Sarah didn't want her to tell him. And he's holding that against her. <laughs> but not Sarah. But not Sarah. <laughs> like which makes face. no damn sense whatsoever. I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, Sarah's mom is his age. So he doesn't like people that are his age. Oh, uh, yeah. He don't like, he don't like 50, uh, 60-year-olds. He, he's like, oh, you're the same Ugh. age as me? Gross. Ugh. <laughs> It'll go away. Ugh. But whatever. His mom doesn't like him anyway. So she's like, whatever. And he's also worried that Sarah might be getting all these uh, modifications to her body just to get painkillers so she can take him. Modifications. Sarah's had two boob surgeries and a tummy tuck recently and back to back. So she's been in a lot of pain constantly getting these surgeries. He doesn't know how much pain medicine she's taking because she doesn't. She hides the bottles from him or something he said she was doing. Yeah, and he can't see her prescriptions, allegedly. And he's worried that she's using. She's abusing. I'll be honest with you. She kind of looks like she was. 
She also looked like she was in a lot of pain. She could barely sit down in that little booth. She can't pick up her baby. Her fault. Her fault. Interesting. That's pretty much No, they started the tow truck business. Oh, they started a tow truck business. And they're they're losing money. They're not making any any money right now because of it. Because between Sarah's surgeries and them trying to put money into the business, they are not turning over a profit. I think it's more because of Sarah's surgeries. I agree. Those are not cheap surgeries. And two, if they want to make money, they need to come out here to Ar- need to come to Arlington. They Shoot. tow cars left and right. Arlington, D.C., the DMV area in general. You'd make a killing. All, all the cars that get broken into would have to get towed. Do it. Yes, sir. Um, but he gets a call from his baby mama who has 11 D 70 of his kids. And she's like, guess what? I need money. He is not on child support with that lady, which I think is the dumbest move on her part. You so, have so many kids with this idiot. Put him on child support. What you doing? She's like, he's like, we have an agreement. I send money where I, when I can. Uh-uh. No. We're close to double digits in children. Absolutely not. But anyway, she's like, I need money. I need you to send me two grand. He's like, I don't got it. She's like, well, you got to find it because I have majority of your children. So put it together. Figure it out. And that's all we got to say about that because that's the end of Sean and Sarah. <laughs> I think they're going to be replacing Janome and um, Red. That's my idea. I'm wondering if they're going to replace Louis, Melissa and Louie. Because mm. they, they've barely had a storyline. Mm. Do tell, do tell. Someone's dropping off because there's a lot of people. So and then we got Eris and Cameron. So I was right about Eris. She was upset because that girl on that stage had it. Had everything. Uh, this is from the previous episode where Cameron was supposedly shooting a music video. We didn't see him do that at all. She's, yeah. making, she's making it a clap and it sounded like thunder, an applause. Like thunder. It was sound like applause. It sounded like it was 50 people in the audience clapping it up. She couldn't take it. She got upset. So Cameron decided to spend more money that they don't have and have uh, a paternity to shoot for her. <laughs> He's like, I just dropped a little 500 here to do this for her, to surprise her. You know, surprise me with my own money. I think some of that is money, too. I honestly do. From the show? <laughs> and or from, from his music career? And, from, and, a, and a little bit from his music career, too. Interesting. I think he's doing a little something. I'm not saying it's good, but eh, it is what it is. You were such a Cameron hater just the previous episode. Now no, you think he's making money on this a, music? I'm an everybody music hater on this uh, Life After Lockup. You're interesting. Uh, but he does a maternity, surprise maternity shoot. It's actually really cute. He does stuff with her. He does stuff with her eldest daughter. It's actually really cute. And that's it for them. That's the whole storyline. Pretty much. This week's Love After Lockup was kind of dry. What about Justine and Michael? Justine and Michael pretty much... It was a gender reveal. Um, Michael's sister got his mom to apologize to Justine about the pregnancy paternity test. test. She's like, "Mom, that's that's messed up." I definitely thought her him, her mom was gonna whip out a paternity test out her pocket. I definitely thought she was like, "Mom, give me the paternity test. It's in your purse." Yeah, <laughs> that'd have been hilarious. That'd have been hilarious. Just give it to me. I know you have it. Just I know you got one. Just give, it to me. Just give it to me now, please. So. I was surprised, though, that the sister was taking this up. Oh, yeah, my mom was in the wrong. I apologize. Because That was interesting. Because if you looked at her, how her and Justine talked this time, they actually talked. Mm-hmm. And she told her, yo, I didn't go crazy. Mm-hmm. 
but this is what your mom did. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been trying to stop that for years. We can't. I wonder how well that's going to go when they find out they're moving to Las Vegas. Oh, it's going to be a different story. <laughs> that's just going to. Justine gets her apology and they move on to the gender reveal. And the gender reveal was very interesting. It's like sumo wrestlers. sumo wrestlers fighting for supremacy. And people took bets on whether it would be a boy and a girl. Justine wanted a girl. Michael wanted a boy. Michael wanted a boy. Turns out it's a girl. It's a girl. Applause to him. Michael also has a sit down with his eldest daughter to talk about the move. She heard it from her stepsister. And she's like, it was just kind of jacked up that I didn't hear it from you. That you're making these decisions and whatnot and not cluing us in at all. Because all of Justine's kids know, but not his. Because he lives with them. Again, which but is messed up. Really? Yeah. Which is messed up. It's called life. Anywho, but they have their little moment, and she cries, and he tells her not to cry, which always works. That works all the time. But that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty much it. This was a dry behind episode. Yeah, that's pretty much it for life after lockup. So, I think we're going to probably add another show to do combined with Love After Lockup? Because it seems like everything's going rapidly fast now. Well, what's it called? Single Life is starting up on, around the new year. Okay. In a week. Okay. So if you want to clue back into Chantel, that'll be there. Yeah. We're going to cover that one because that's going to be good. Because my girl Nadia, I don't know what he wants. Natalie. Naturally. I don't know what he wants. Bibushka. I don't know. Bibushka. I don't know. Where's my pet rat? She has a pet rat. Remember? Like she's Ratatouille? She has a pet. Remember? Because Michael. Was it Michael? Is that his name? Michael. Uh, Michael. Because I don't like dogs. Cause my dogs was hatched up and killed in front of me. By she, a butcher. she likes dogs. She doesn't eat meat because a dog was butchered in front of her. Yeah. That's crazy. That's and then they were like, stuff. we're going to go get beef from the butcher. And she was like, what? No. <laughs> Terrible. I, I, I want to get married and have children. So I'm going to ask him if he's ready for that. I'm only going to date people who don't want the things that I want for all of these seasons. For every single season. That's what I'm going to do. Maybe she learned. Who knows? You know she hasn't. Pretty much. Probably not. You no, know she hasn't. Has her, did her mom move from the Ukraine? That's, that's the cliffhanger we left on. No. Michael was going to help get her mom to the States. Oh, we'll see what happens. If that's his, is his name, Michael? I don't know. But yeah, we're going off a, off on a tangent again. <laughs> but that's par for the course. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening to We Like That podcast. Because we like that. Remember to subscribe, give us five stars, and tune into more chaotic episodes. I'm Javon. I'm Calvin. Until next time. Later, people. Oh, yeah.